0: with handle art to spar trolls and charge tolls to cross roads and bandits are catacombs and giant doors protect the chest of stores and stores legendary items with the dragon bones and iron it's ore. a grand theft of elder scrolls simon's quest with toe and earl rocket shoes to every clue easter eggs and gaming news the potus need some bad dudes to crash a crew like bandicoot all oh, shit and gaming and glitch control the shoes English control issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all, yes, yes y'all.
1: Well, this is control issues. I am the AM. Say say say.
0: <laughs> this is a dub. You can find us at control issues.com. You can also go to your podcast provider, whoever that may be, look for control issues, download it, subscribe to it, rate it, review it. Also, head on over to twitch.tv slash control issues pod, where we put up gameplay videos for you with pleasure. And mostly on over to Twitter, my control issues is the handle AMC.
1: How you live? live well, LA dub. Everything's fine and dandy right now. Took a, took a week off for, for Mother's Day. We had we our schedules got busy. busy people got Bizet. sick. But yeah. Uh, um yeah, things have been good. Watched uh, I think you said yourself you did too, but watched Ant-Man on Disney Plus. Yes, got that so got good. that Quantumania. You got that Kang. <laughs> got that Kang. That Luke that Kang Kang. Yeah, Kang is fucking. I mean, they've been teasing it, but we finally got we, we got a glimpse of what kang and all his full gloriousness can really be like yeah, um it's amazing I, I my so my coworker's big marvel fan uh marvel cinematic universe fan and all he kept telling me before i watched it was like you know people people try to say the movie's bad but they're they don't know what they're talking about i love, him, with, I love it people, <laughs> yeah people are trying to say it's not a good movie so i kind of went knowing that in the back of my head and then when I got there, I was like, "Oh, this movie is incredible!" I don't know what the hell anybody was talking about. What'd you think of Modok?
0: <laughs> Hilarious way to do that. And yeah. They brought they brought your boy <laughs> back, so yeah. it was nice. That was excellent comic <laughs> relief.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was, it was great. Um, but yeah, they had a lot going going on with it. Like, um, it was funny. The the one thing I will say is because there's just so many Marvel movies um, as far as like different characters and you know, there's the larger narrative and then there's you know the, the the I guess the the narrative that's specific to each and every individual character within their own stories. And so like going back to Ant-Man, it's like, all right, so who is this person again? Like because you have to like remind yourself what happened in the previous three movies as you're mm-hmm. going into an Ant Man movie. And it's like you, you do that with like when you go into Guardians, it's like all of them you have to kind of like remember what happened in the previous like four or five movies that came out before this one. But um yeah, absolutely love it. It was great. Liked how they handled Kang. Uh very interested to see where this is headed because you know that you watch the uh the post credits thing. So who knows where that's gonna go. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be absolutely awesome to see how this continues to develop because they've they've kind of teased us with a lot of like, you know, the timeline stuff and the alternate like universes and now you can kind of see it all coming together and what's going to be a result of that or how that's all going to really culminate is going to be really interesting and you just, you just hear so much about like other characters that are incoming like galactus and whatnot that like who knows like what they're building towards but it's going to be it's going to be hellacious dub. i'm so excited how, how how have you been yeah well
0: watch watch that man that one's awesome so Got that under my belt. Also watched a, a short little anime series called Hell's Paradise, which I recommend. I think folks should watch it. It's just seven episodes. You can knock that out a few hours. No big deal. Uh, what else have I been up to, man? I'm just just chilling, you know, trying to keep all my affairs in order, keep my money tight, counting the days until the, the greatness that is the 2023 release schedule of games materializes even more we're just about a week or two away from one of my most anticipated games of the past (laughs) decade (laughs) and we'll get more into that a little later but yeah uh, nothing special man just as i reiterate every week just trying to get back on top of my routines and you know giving giving my best self the most area to operate
1: that's what i'm about Hell yeah all right well what you've been playing adeb i know we got we got stuff on the way so we got things to to keep us busy in the meantime so what you've been gaming on
0: yeah so in anticipation of diablo 4 i have been playing season 28 of diablo 3 running a wizard um a maxed out paragon over at 760 um i'm building up i think it's like I think it's called the altar of rates or something like that. That's been introduced this season, which is just a whole tree of additional passive abilities that further enhance your character even more. So at this point in the game, I've gotten all of the ones that give you tangible benefits in, in combat by way of like damage or defense. You know, I have increased defense against the increased damage against the increased damage against bosses and, you know, it's a good time, Increase movement speed, all, all kinds of fun stuff. Uh getting double Haradric caches every time I, I finish Bounties in an act, getting um increased, doubled the legendary drop rate from Kadala. And that's been working out very well for me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, as a as a sort of rite of passage, I've challenged myself to try to find the rainbow portrait frame. As well as the cosmic wings. Uh, right now, I'm running some some butterfly wings on my wizard that I just happen to have. But there are some better butterfly wings. <laughs> yeah, apparently, they're like the the rarest the rarest drop in the game because you gotta find a rainbow goblin so you can kill that, get the portal to Whimsydale, go in there, and then there's like a one in one hundred chance that a certain a certain like champion appears that drops. The wings. I haven't focused on that much because that involves going to specific like high goblin probability areas and hoping that you get the rainbow goblin. I mean the I've been following a little guide and it's working out quite well. Like I'm just I'm finding goblins like a motherfucker. I'm getting uh, and I've gotten a lot of like natural portals into uh, the goblin the goblin realm. So I've been fighting greed without having to sacrifice a puzzle ring. So that's been beneficial. And it's just so incredible for building up resources, getting drops, getting money. So, yeah, been doing that. Then I decided to pivot and do the the hunt for the rainbow portrait because that that one's much more controllable as all you need to do is have the staff of herding in your inventory, then go to a spot in act one where this like cow. Spirit materializes if you have the item in your inventory and he opens the portal to Whimsy Shire, which is a, it's like Whimsy Dale, but just without like a majority of the drops and just the, the benefit of going in there. And yeah, so I can do that multiple times a day. Just go in, clear it out, didn't get what I want, quit, restart, come back, clear it out, didn't get what I want, quit, restart, come back. So I've been in that cycle. Like, hopefully I can get one of these drops within the next week because I pre-ordered Diablo 4. And with your pre-order, I believe you get early access four days, which will push me up from June 6th to hopefully the evening of June 1st. So, yeah, I just have one more week of work to endure and then one more day on that Monday. Oh, man. Unless I have the day off, I should check my, my holiday schedule. But
1: I know I, yeah. I forgot about Memorial Day. Like Marissa's like, You got Monday off next week? I was like, What? Oh yeah. Uh, no shit. <laughs> uh,
0: sh- oh, if I have if I have Monday off, I'm taking that Tuesday off. <laughs> Take Tuesday off, just 24 hour Diablo Ford marathon. Uh, if if I can stay awake longer. <laughs> like I will run myself ragged that first day. Playing that game, but and your yeah. watch, your
1: watch is just like going, setting off alarms, like your heart rate is <laughs> it's off the
0: charts, I'm telling you to stand up. <laughs> nah, I ain't getting up. <laughs> I gotta work on this bill. <laughs> I'm trying to get beyond level 25 by the time I have to start going back to work. So I want to, I want to get beyond what. Everybody else has already experienced with their uh with their betas and their server slams. So yeah, if I could do that, and then just deciding on that first character. We'll talk a bit more about that a little later. So yeah, I've been playing that obviously just copious amounts of Overwatch 2 with AMC and he's single. We we gotten the band back together and we're we're back on tour. Just smashing the competition. Like I'm I'm noticing a lot of differences. With how we play now, like I had to, I had to shake the rest off. I took a break because I was taking, I was playing a Jedi Survivor for so long, and I finished that. And then now, you know, I'm pretty clear. I don't feel like starting up any new games or continuing on any of them that I've yet to finish. I just kind of want to, you know, have a clean baseline and just, you know, keep my keep everything primed and ready for nothing but Diablo Four. So. But Overwatch 2 fits in there very nicely. It's just, you know, you pick it up, you play it, you have a good time, you level up. I want to get that level 80 on the battle pass. They're ha- they've been having this uh, this triple XP weekend, so that's been a significant benefit. I'm hoping I can pop a couple of a weekly challenges to really just, instead of getting that 5,000, turn it into 15. <laughs> so um, I'm hoping I can get that. And, man, it's just... it. Dude, man, Overwatch 2 is just so good. It's so fun. Like I was saying, it's I'm noticing now that we're all back in our groove and we're, and we're playing together, you know, each single plays quite a bit. He's always working on different characters. So it's just every few days he'll just bring out some new character. I'm like, watch what I could do with this. <laughs> it's like, damn, do That shit. Let me go run with you. But yeah, so we do that. I noticed that now we're really good at getting just those strong starts where we steamroll the enemy like almost to the end, like if it's tug of war, we'll push the, the robot all the way before they adjust it. Then I'm also I'm also noticing the behavior of the other team because you, know, you play the game, you'll come out, you'll pick your mains or your favorite character or some character that you're trying out and then we do what we do, which is just push them all the way back into their territory. Then that's when you see the Symmetric comes out, the Torbury comes out, the Bastion comes out, <laughs> and then the Mercy comes out. It's like, oh, they want to win now. <laughs> always, always found that amusing. And then that's when the game starts to heat up. And you have the back and forth. Sometimes they edge it out. Most times they don't. <laughs> and man, and then we had that day when we were playing competitive and went four for four playing against PC players, just smashing. It's great, man. It's I still appreciate that difference between the casual and the competitive, where in casual, you know, people generally fuck around. It's it's kind of crazy, or they're like really working a strategy. But in competitive, like it, it's just a different mindset and a different tone. I feel like people are playing the game more seriously. And because of that, it's it's easier for people like us to be more successful because we play so much casual and we want people to play the game more seriously instead of you know doing gimmicks or just being silly. So when everybody's playing serious, it's like, ah, now I got your ass. I'm used to I'm used to y'all moving from side to side really fast and doing things. Now you're just <laughs> running in a straight line. I got you. Just leave these shots. Get you. <laughs> but yeah, playing playing Overwatch. Every now and then I'll pop Gran Turismo seven on just to get a uh, my marathon in. And get my, my roulette ticket for the day. You know, there's still additional menus that I have to finish by collecting cars. And then I'm going to unlock more menus as I collect cars and level up my collect level. So, But that's always fun. That's always cool. Every now and then, fire up Forza Horizon 5. Mess around with the, uh, the Baja Adventure expansion. And, you know, just get some low stakes, high speed racing in. And you know, it's just fun. It's great to look at. You know, you got all my money, get my wheel spins. In fact, I'm gonna probably boot it up a little later, see if I get some wheel spins, get some more millions, get some more cars, <laughs> and enjoy that. And um, you know, every now and then I boot up Jedi Survivor just to see the new patches and if they finally iron out the performance issues that the game was suffering from when it launched so you know i'm just just a little dabble here and there mostly i'm just keeping it cool waiting patiently for diablo 4 but amc what have you been playing
1: yeah for me it's yeah i mean it's pretty much been one game only one game and that was as you discussed overwatch so not a lot more to share there you said a lot of it but um the big thing was you know i've been playing i've been going back and forth between that midnight suns and kirby and then as a weekend like is coming up, I'm already formulating all right, what games do I want to play. And yeah, you send the text, you're like, you got the update that Blizzard announced that they're gonna have the three XP weekend or the three times XP weekend. So, you know, triple of everything that you got before. And you know, with the battle pass, I'd fallen behind, you know, putting a lot of time into Midnight Suns and Kirby. And, you know, after already dropping 10 bucks, like right, I wanna get all this content before this thing goes away. Got about 25 about 25 days at the time um that the weekend started so i had to add a lot of catching up to do i was around like level 40 and yeah so i just played friday night a little during saturday during the day Saturday night, and hopefully I'll get some tonight, but at this point, I'm up to now level 57, so did a quick 17 levels in those two days, and yeah, I'm at the point. It
0: takes 50 hours,
1: AMC. How can I have a life, A-Dub? How can I have a wife and kids?
0: Like, (laughs) dude, Me me and E-Single were playing Overwatch, and I think, like, for the first eight or nine games, we lost every single game. And, you know, we were frustrated as hell. I went up like five levels.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, and, and, and I think
0: that was a that was either like the first night of Triple XP or the night before. But we were just on a losing streak, and I'm leveling up, leveling up, leveling up. So it's like even if you aren't good at the game, even if you aren't winning, you're still hitting your challenges. You're still getting your experience. You're still leveling up at a somewhat rapid pace. And then the better you play the game, the faster you level up. And it does not take 50 hours to unlock a character and stop spreading this misinformation.
1: And then like as you're playing, like you just randomly hit those seasonal challenges, those weekly challenges. And that's like 5,000 on top of it. 5,000 yep. on top of it.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. So, yeah. That's what I noticed. The big thing was because in the daily challenges, you'll get... Around you'll get a three thousand boost if you do each daily challenge, and so that's like usually a big like boost to whatever you just did in that match. But with the three XP, you're getting three thousand no matter what as you're playing. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just triple. So it's just flying up. So yeah, like only in like like two or three like three matches, I'm like leveling up every time. So that's pretty quick. Um, And yeah, like and just enjoying the game, putting in a lot of work with Lucio. Um putting on some work with um when do baptiste but ended up falling back into mercy playing mercy and then I got a lot of Kiriko in and Kiriko I finally started like the good thing about Lucio is Lucio kind of teaches you to to lead your shots and so what I did was instead of just holding it hold on let me put this fucking uh-huh. cat out. I'm gonna put it <laughs> uh, yeah, so back at it. Um yeah, so been playing because of Lucio, Lucio has really taught me how to lead my shots, and with that so with Kerico, what I adjusted was instead of just you know holding down the attack button so i'm just constantly throwing kunai's but missing because it's like a it's a steady attack but it's not a quick attack if you know what i mean um so you really have to so now i'm just i'm just tapping it as i want to throw the kunai instead of just holding it down and i can lead it a little bit better and now i'm starting to get the attack up with kiriko um so yeah with that like once you get her attack on she's pretty devastating and her healing is already on point point the invincibility uh that's already great i feel like i could get a little bit better with that and then her ultimate once that goes out it like pretty much your team is just so powered up (laughs) at that point with the uh attack rate of fire and everything else being like sped up like you just immediately clear out and so lining that up perfectly especially on like an escort like it's there's nothing the enemy can do it's just the momentum is on another level when that ultimate comes out so she's been great i just have to get better with um evading with her because her thing is that you have to be looking at another character and then she'll do that um that teleport and so you have to always kind of keep in mind like if there's a tracer that's going to come into the back to try to pick you off you have to make sure that there's always kind of a teammate within your line of sight so that you can quickly teleport to them somewhat similar to mercy but um with mercy what's good is once if you have your healing thing on, your healing beam on a character you don't have to be looking at them in order to pull yourself to them so it's a little different so Kierko, you have to always keep that in mind so if anything i've been kind of practicing or testing out like different positions for her um on the field so i can still get off my damage be doing all my healing and keep myself safe um and yeah so she's been great but really it's when everything's like when you know as you were talking about earlier when it's time to not fucking around that's when i bring out lucio and it's just i put in so much work with lucio at this point that my survivability is great. I I know when to hit the healing boost. Um I know when to drop that ultimate. So it's just everything is just like I don't know it's I don't have to think. It's all muscle memory with Lucio. And so it's it's immediately game immediate game changer. And yeah, I felt like even when I'm playing like now, like even single player like I'm getting my wins like it's not too bad. Um like normally in the past I always felt like if I was playing alone I'm getting like one I'm getting a win like every third match maybe mm-hmm. whereas this one it felt like every other one if not like getting two in a row at times. And so yeah like it just feels like one my skill has been getting better and they've been matching me with better players. And as I as I alluded to or mentioned to you in the pre-show, I've I've just been snitching like crazy in uh in Overwatch. Um first all, I was doing the uh, avoid avoid teammate thing, um, when you know when people were just getting out of pocket. Uh and then it, it let me know. It let me know, like, hey, you've avoided like your limit of players. <laughs>
0: you can't... You've avoided half the community.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so like I was like, All right, well I can't avoid people if like basically if somebody is their behavior is just completely reprehensible. I'm reporting them, so I've reported two people at this point. Just like not having it, uh, and so yeah, I'm, I'm
0: reporting people like every day. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like no, I, it's not like a a flippant thing where it's just like no, nah, yeah, uh, like I'm not like even if I win, if I think something's fishy, I'm reporting somebody. Somebody made a remark, like I think E. Single said something about somebody cheating on a game and somebody texted like you're you're complaining about cheating and you won it's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is, your, this is your fucking cheating stop yeah. doing that shit <laughs> exactly and it's like and you could you can see like i'm watching kill cams so closely now like okay you're bastion you're like the whole map away from me you're hitting all your shots like oh you turn your radical
1: it, is just locked on my character
0: <laughs> you turn to turret mode and like you're shooting my arm with a hundred percent accuracy and then just moving the reticle all over my body without missing a single shot. Like you're, you're Widowmaker and you're popping off headshots, it's nothing but headshots. Yeah, right. I was, I was playing one game against a Widowmaker. I think she had five of my six deaths. All of them were headshots. All of them were near instantaneous. Like as soon as I pop into the line of sight, headshot as soon as i come around the corner headshot as soon i even went up and i was like fighting her and she did her her grapple line turned around headshot (laughs) it's like okay it and you know the the cheating sucks it can be it can be very discouraging but at the same time once you find the cheater just have your homeboys turn all their attention to the cheater it basically removes them from the game make it hard for them to have fun and use their cheats and you know what happens they go out first then everybody else crumbles
1: (laughs) (laughs) exactly so yeah like once um for me it's mainly been i play support and so uh i get a lot of the like i need healing and most of the time it's not bad it's like so i just be like "I, I, i have low health like basically somebody, somebody come help me out. But I noticed it's a little different. It's funny. It's, it's different when I'm playing as Lucio healing versus say mercy healing. The thing with Lucio, it's an area thing. And I think people kind of just understand, well, I got to be next to Lucio if I want to get some healing done. But with mercy, I I have to focus on one player. Like, you know, I can switch, but I have to focus my healing on one player at a time. And so if one feels that they're not getting that attention then they'll like start like doing the, I need healing, like spamming it towards mm-hmm. me. <laughs> and I had like, at one point I had uh, a Reinhardt who was just swinging his ax at me because he, he felt like I wasn't healing him. And a, a big thing with that too, is like, you know, it's about like strategy. And one, if I'm boosting somebody's attack, it's going to be the damage people. And so yes. like, it, it all depends on uh, location and this Reinhardt was super aggressive, so it was like running into the middle of the thick of the battle against like three other dudes, and it wants me there right behind him. But as you know, because the strategy that you and E Single have mastered, it's go for the go for the mercy, go for the squishy, go for the support. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm right there with the Reinhardt, they're not even going to focus on Reinhardt; they're all coming right after me. Um, so yeah, like a lot of times, if there's not other characters in there to you know give me some like boundaries or yeah you give me like a little bit of a buffer between me and the enemies then i'm gonna stick back with the damage guys boost them and heal them Mm -hmm. because they're a little bit squishier and boosting their damage just does a lot more Mm -hmm. has a lot more of effect so yeah the reinhardt wasn't happy about it so i immediately just looked at his username and i was like when this match is over it's on (laughs) reported then there was another character where they were um like the team was like losing and they were getting upset about it and so then uh they uh towards the end of the match you know like you die you respond and you're coming out and i just see the character right outside you know the spawn area where you know where you get your health and they're just doing the emotes like dancing around <laughs> and, yeah. and then like at first i was like oh man and i was like whatever but then other characters were coming up and killing that 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 person mm-hmm. so I was like oh so then you're just and i looked up the term because you know they have all the different things that you can report and it was feeding which is basically just dying like letting the other team kill you yeah um, So, yeah, I immediately reported that character for feeding because fuck that motherfucker. Uh, So, yeah, those have been mine. Is like any type of inappropriate behavior that I'm just like, this person is just not playing the game with the spirit that's intended to be played with. That person's getting reported. But I'm definitely going to start looking out for those cheaters too because that is some bullshit.
0: (laughs) Speaking of people that that play the game with the wrong spirit, I I saved the video because I wanted people to see this (laughs) shit. Uh, I was... Playing in a match. I think it was, like, like in Lijiang or something. One of the, the one where, like, you guys come out the points on one of the sides, and then it's, like, it's on a building, and then it has those openings. Like, Lucio and Orissa usually try to boot people coming in coming in the side to boot them off the edge. So I do that. I see them doing it. Like, their Orisa and their Lucio are just lined up at the door, like, edging, edging in and out, trying to bait people, get the boot. So they boot me and another player. The other player dies, but I'm playing Sojourn, so I hit the dash in midair. I managed to land on this part of the map that's like, it's it's not instant death, and it's not somewhere you could stand, but it's it was enough for me to hit that part, jump back. I land behind Belusio. He's standing at the corner, admiring his work, emoting, and <laughs> Just light his ass. Up. <laughs> and I was just sitting there like, don't celebrate. You never celebrate. You get the job done.
1: <laughs> Spike dude, in the I, bar dude, the I,
0: I was so pumped that I avoided that elimination and then came back and took them out when they thought that they were just the shit. Like, yeah, never, never sell.
1: yeah that's great
0: (laughs) always watch six expect the unexpected you prepare for me but I prepare for the unknown (laughs) yeah (laughs) now I got new weapons yeah boot me again let's see what happens (laughs) oh
1: that's great
0: oh that's amazing I'm I'm, I'm gonna show it to you
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. So pretty much, as I said, pretty much just been focusing on Overwatch. Um, wanted to get all my power leveling in. Oh, the grinding. Yeah. And mm. then what's great too is like, played it's a a yeah, played a ton of it. Felt like I got like really good at the game over just this weekend alone. But you know, the work that we put in recently, and it is great because it is kind of like, as I mentioned, like going back to Ant Man and the MCU, it's like they have their own individual time where they're doing their thing, and, you know, and then they all come together as Avengers and they handle business. And I feel like that's like you know us is like we we work on our skills, and then when we all come together. We're just that much better, and the chemistry just immediately like just after one match is there, and we're handling business. So it's like very much a metaphor for you know just that team building while also working on yourself and in between. Mm-hmm
0: yes becoming a better becoming a better contributor but yeah. also making the team a stronger yeah
1: yeah exactly
0: just new new tricks and, and just the call outs we our our language is getting very like abbreviated and short it's just like widow i'm on it Mercy, yeah
1: i'm on <laughs> I'm it. it ryan's
0: low i'm <laughs> and that's that's only if we aren't already on it. It's like, oh, he's low, he's dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's so good, just man, that that synergy. Oh, it's, oh, it's so I love Overwatch. I'm just thinking about it. Yeah, it's De- so good. definitely hitting up you single after the show. Getting yeah. some matches in. Might get to level eighty today. Damn.
1: Um, yeah, so put in work with Overwatch and then, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. So let's get into these topics of the week. Topics, uh, topics of the week. Hey, Dub, you want to lead off? We got about two weeks of news. So you can start wherever you want.
0: All right. I'll start off with a, a formal, a formal declaration from his lord and greatness, Jim Ryan. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, uh just a. Just a little snippet. It's kind of a quick hit, a little early for that. PlayStation CEO says Sony is sticking to its current PC strategy for PS5 exclusives. Uh, The direct quote is, we also fully understand the importance of PS5 exclusive titles. As I mentioned earlier, PlayStation Studios' main responsibility is to make games for the latest PlayStation hardware the players will enjoy. We are increasing the number of PS5 exclusive games. Let's just let that marinate and staggering the release of the PC versions, said Ryan. Uh, I often have the opportunity to ask game fans for their opinion. And when I ask them how they feel about the time lag, they often say they feel the release of a PC version two or three years after the release of the PlayStation version is acceptable. Uh, Personally, I also find that acceptable. They are PlayStation 5 first party titles. So people with PlayStation 5 should be the ones enjoying them first and for a period of time and then eventually they come to PC people can get their mod on and mm-hmm. do all the things that they dreamed of like oh, mm-hmm. the, if it just had mods to be better well it got mods I can, so, I can yeah.
1: remove all the flags you say <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I'm cool with it AMC how do you feel
1: oh uh, yeah yeah totally fine I mean I've, I'm one of those if they did it day and date I would not give a shit um I know people. Maybe it's, yeah, it's I don't see people get territorial. Like, same people are like, "Oh, it's unfair when like games are like exclusive to a certain console or whatever." But at the same time, then they're like, "We want to make sure these games are exclusive to console, not yeah. PC." Yeah. Um, I think
0: Microsoft should just buy the whole industry. Right yeah.
1: <laughs> um, and so yeah, it's like I I really don't care if um people can play PC day and date, but yeah, it's um I think it's good. It's it's another way for them to make money because you know people are always like. Like, if they don't make money this way, they're going to figure out another way to make money. <laughs> so like, yeah. let's just let them do what they need to do. Um, and so, yeah, I, I have no problem with it. Uh, if anything, um, I mean, it's funny. The, the, they're all about being the PC master race, and then all you hear is about, like, these console ports having issues with PCs. Yes. So. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, that is a, that is another <laughs> issue. I think Sony does need to work a bit harder on making sure that their PC ports are in better shape on release day, just hearing endlessly about optimization like oh the shoddy port. I think mean, Sony purchased additional studios that specialize in porting games to PC. So like you know, they should have the resources and the technical know-how to be able to pull that off. So you know it the the staggering is cool. Let's work on the quality so that you know there's less to complain about, more to enjoy.
1: Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I have I have no problem with this. Um, if anything, good to good to hear that at least they're open up front with it, so people can stop like being surprised when you know when a an exclusive is announced for PC.
0: Why would they do this? Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) they're they're ruining the value of the platform.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the value.
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's all I got for you, boy, Jimmy. Let's get into the next topic of the week.
1: Top, topic, topic of the, of the, of the week. week. Well, this one it actually came out last week, so we got we got some numbers now after its release. You know, it, it did well critically. That being Zelda Tears mm-hmm. of the Kingdom, mm-hmm. and so we got some sales numbers. Uh, this by way of IGN, the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom has sold in eye watering, not eye draw, not. eye-watering 10 million million copies in its first three days on the market making it the fastest selling title in franchise history god damn yes the early sales milestones also makes it the fastest selling switch game ever in the americas and the fastest selling nintendo title on any system released in the region jesus Nintendo also revealed that the, Zelda, that the Zelda series overall has sold 130 million units as of March this year, before ter- Tears of the Kingdom 10 million sales have been added at all. So that's going to be 140 million as far as we're yeah. uh, and then So much Zelda. Yeah, so much Zelda. And then this uh, from gamesindustry.biz, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is the biggest boxed video game launch of the year in the UK. Uh GFK also reveals that the game is Nintendo's second biggest release in UK history by revenue, behind 2008's Wii Fit. which you know about that? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> if we if we discount the balance board price, it is actually the biggest Nintendo release by revenue. So Damn. everybody, everybody getting down on Zelda right now, playing it Tears of the Kingdom. Um, Putting yeah, that you- Wii
0: Fit to the side, getting
1: fat. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna Get these tears. I'm gonna get this immersion uh, going on. So, yeah, what do you what do you think about the the Tears of the Kingdom sales? And you know, it's uh we were waiting for this this point in the year where you know that that trickle of just high quality games are coming out. We had the the snafu with Redfall, but it seems like we're we're back on track. You just got done playing an awesome game in Jedi Survivor. Mm-hmm. And now Zelda Tears of the Kingdom coming out and being successful. So speak on it. What you, what you think about this, Ada?
0: Well, on the positive note, this is extraordinary. It's almost expected in a way because, you know, Breath of the Wild set the world on fire. Tears of the Kingdom, this takes place in the same world with just a whole lot more content and player agency added into it. It's excellent. Nintendo did what they needed to do for their fans. However, the... On, uh, on a different tip. The reception for Tears of the Kingdom helps to kind of illuminate this odd year in the review sector because, you know, this whole generation, people have just been frothing at the bit for like, yeah. oh, yeah, 60 frames per second should be standard in all games. And by and large, a lot of games have had 60 frames per second. However, there are games... More recently, that either haven't had 60 frames per second or their 60 frames per second modes were a bit shy. So, yeah,
1: like the dips or whatever.
0: Yeah. So, like, what is it? What the fuck? Jedi. Sorry. I'm trying not to cuss so we could get that ready off of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Reach more people in China. But yeah, so Zelda is 30 frames per second. <laughs> yeah. So, 10 out of 10, best Zelda ever, game of the year. I remember back last year, a game came out that had a decent 60 frames per second mode, but it had some dips. Elden Ring, another 10 out of 10, game of the year, shoe However, people were complaining endlessly. Especially, even people within the development community were complaining about Elden Ring. Like, how does a game that has frame rate dips and, oh. you know, and other things, yeah? <laughs> how, how does how does a game like this have Game of the Year when we're working hard and we're doing this and that? It's like, okay, I can see what you're saying. So, 60 frames per second that's important. Then we get to Zelda, it's 30. Redfall gets raked over the coals for not having 60 frames at launch. Zelda is 30 though. So it's like. I'm, I don't know. I'm just noticing this. It all contributes to this what looks like act of basically sacrificing games for the sake of feeding the community's negativity, getting those traffic, getting that traffic, getting those clicks. Like I. I'm going to keep coming back to it this generation until I feel satisfied with how it has been discussed. I'm going to keep coming back to Forspoken. I'm going to keep coming back to Callisto Protocol because those games were given six out of tens, the same score that was given to Saints Row Reboot, which is demonstrably not as good of and not in as good of shape as either of those two games. So Mm -hmm. they should not be they should not be rated the same. Second, Redfall got a four and it's like a total mess. So you're telling me that Redfall is worse than those. but the, like it's it's just weird. And even now with all this discussion about Microsoft in the wake of the whole redfall dust up and now there's this whole narrative about how starfield it it might it's shaping up to be the last chance for Xbox like, Last, are you kidding me? Multi-trillion-dollar global multinational organization—they're going to fold up their games division because one game. (laughs) But like, it's it's gotten to the point where people are setting the most unrealistic expectations of all time. Like, it it has to have sixty frames per second. It can't have the standard, but that's the jank. But like, that's standard. So basically, people are setting themselves up to trash microsoft and starfield no matter how good starfield is because they want it to be perfect now to to make up for redfall it's like come on man it's if the game is good if it's in good condition grade it accordingly instead of putting this false narrative on it where it's it has to be this thing is we keep finding ourselves in these situations where a beloved franchise or like a highly popular. IP gets a pat on the back and a pass for either not having certain things or for having those things in poor shape. Yet when lesser known games or new IPs come out that are solid games and they're together, then they're the ones that experience the the knocking of points off of their score for the most ridiculous reasons. Like, what is it? Callisto Protocol got knocked because it wasn't like Dead Space. Forspoken got knocked because of the dialogue. It's <laughs> like really six out of ten <laughs> for that. But you know, Star Wars Jedi Survivor gets gets nines, and it was in pretty rough shape in its performance mode. The performance mode was not putting on a good performance. Tears of the Kingdom, no sixty frames per second. Ten out of ten. Nobody says anything about it. It's just kind of weird. It's these examples keep adding up. And it's, I, it's just a lack of uniformity. It's really a, it's just a situation where it seems like the industry itself or the media outlets are playing favorites. Like they don't want to say anything bad about or, or you know, create negative discourse over the big games that they like or that they want. But then it's the new IPs and the indie games or like the games that do most things right, even oftentimes better than the games that are getting the nines, and tens, but they're the ones that have to get the low scores. So that's just, that's just weird to me. I feel like people should pay a bit more attention to that and speak up on it. Like AMC, how do you feel?
1: Yeah, no, I I totally understand what you're saying. It's like, it's the kind of like, it's, people are picking and choosing what they're deciding to focus on. And so, yeah, it's like, the thing is, there's always going to be certain people, like, they'll be like, how could general survivor get a nine out of 10? It's like, they're overlooking all like the jank within the game. And it's like, well, it's because people are still having a good time regardless Mm -hmm. while they're playing the game. And that's why I think like it's the, the Zelda thing. It's people are like, well, it's, it's 30 frames. People made such a big deal about Redfall, And it's like, I, the only difference I can say is that people are having fun playing the game, yeah. but they're but they yeah they're making it. Now this is where it's completely unfair is with Starfield. They they're making it seem like Starfield is dead in the water yeah. if it's not running at sixty frames per second. Yeah, where it's like as we just said, every you know the people who are the biggest critics are always the ones that say like it's all about gameplay. Gameplay is king all about gameplay and then when they hear something about like you know like it doesn't have ray tracing they are like oh the game is going to be terrible then yeah <laughs> it's like wait so most powerful console in the world <laughs> yeah and I, I obviously a bit of that too is the um i mean you had mentioned it like kind of like just how nintendo's treated like they don't like when they're going through the whole acquisition thing with uh activision and like they're treating nintendo I mean, as like yeah, with Microsoft and Activision, and it, like basically the whole idea of like, well, Nintendo—they're not really like a What is it like a high-performance console? They're not a high-end
0: console. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> and so, so they yeah. get
0: they get excluded from all the comparisons and measurements because oh, Nintendo's different. Like, still they've been in the gaming industry longer than both of them
1: yeah it's it's like it's (laughs) like they don't
0: get their respect as a high-end console
1: yeah exactly so it's like it's that thing of like well they're not going to get their respect as a high-end console but then they're going to be graded on a different curve curve because of that that perception uh whereas like so that means like their games are going to do better even if they're not running at 60 frames per second whereas like it's an expectation it's and as you said like a lot of it for me, I feel like a lot of that criticism is we have to set the tone with these publishers, with these developers, with these console makers, that we're not going to accept anything below this. And so we they almost they have to make a big deal about a game not running at a smooth 60 frames um and so that they won't put out games unless they're at that point locked in at that point with the performance mode mm-hmm. um but obviously it's like it's you're looking at one aspect of the game and trying to judge the entire entire experience based yeah. off of that and so that's where it's disingenuous because you're not taking into account all this other stuff like the, i don't know like it, it wasn't a big deal to me but i know what is it Resident Evil the remake i think it was Resident Evil 4 remake it came out. People enjoyed it. I think got nines out of tens. Did was critically received very well, and and then, it, they later added like some microtransactions, and people were like, oh, they held it back. This would have totally reflect reflected the uh, or this would have totally reflected negatively on the review score. And it's like, no, it wouldn't have. Because you were enjoying the game <laughs> before and nothing has changed about the game now. Yeah. Like they added microtransactions, but the game was perfectly fine before they added it. And they didn't change anything with the game after they added in those microtransactions. Yeah. So it's just, if anything, it's just added content that you could put in there. Um, but people viewed it as like, well, I would have totally viewed it differently. And it's like, no, it's still the same game. And I think that's, I think ultimately that's what it comes down to is they're putting this like, this weird distinction as like, you know, this is a deal breaker for me. And so we're going to, we're going to set that up for these certain games. And if they don't have it, then that means it's has got to reflect negatively on it. I think that's, yeah, it's unfair. We know it's bogus. We know it's bullshit. And that's why we tend to not fall into that, you know, hyperbole when it comes to, you know, reviewing games on those standards.
0: I do, I do concede to your point that, You know, the games that get rated high but have issues, well, it's probably because they're just very fun in spite of the issues. And, you know, for the longest time, there's always been that caveat where sometimes the merits outweigh the flaws. But for all the issues that Survivor had at launch and still has, despite the weekly patches that Respawn has been putting out, it's still one of my favorite games of all time. Definitely one of the best Star Wars games ever made. They keep patching it and getting it, getting the performance mode in better condition. And that just helps the magic of the game to shine even more than it already did. Uh, Zelda, you know, lacks 60 frames per second, but you know what? It's fucking Zelda. And it's huge, it's beautiful. It's innovative. It's different. People are making all kinds of the wackiest contraptions that you could possibly imagine with the <laughs> with the new stuff putting in. Some people making more more lewd vestiges.
1: <laughs> yeah, some people are but making I, like necks yeah. and stuff. It's pretty good. Yeah.
0: yeah, man, it's it it's wild. It's it's a very nuanced discussion. For me, I just I would just like some kind of uniformity to be established rather than this kind of whack-a-mole where you know you see a game, you see it's good. I'm not one that bases my purchasing decisions on reviews. However, I do check the scores and see how they mesh up with my own personal opinion. And we're we're starting to get back to a point where reviews are just widely dissimilar from what I personally feel about a game and granted different people, different preferences, different standards. But at the same time, it's like there's a lot of solid games that are just getting hammered for no real good reason. And then they end up suffering commercially. We don't get sequels. We don't get, you know, long-term post-launch support. And I, I feel like this, this imbalance is, harming us in the long term because it, you know, we might not get a sequel to a, a forespoken that would be better or fix the problems or down on dialogue, give us a different character like it's, it, now we just don't have that, we more than likely just won't have that chance and I, I feel that's a great loss because personally I thought it was a solid game, I think more people should play it 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 would have been nice to have that franchise in the rotation of big releases in the future. So, you know, that's just where I'm coming from with that. That's yeah, a bullshit.
1: All right. Um, <laughs> let's get into the next topic of the week. Top topic
0: that's of the, the week. week.
1: It's on you. All
0: right. I hit you, hit you with another one. hit you with, with some more inside baseball. Uh, we, Had an earnings call with Take-Two. and By we, I don't mean us. We did not have an earnings call with Take-Two. But Take-Two had an earnings call. IGN reported about it. And we got some new information about what the future of Take-Two is going to be looking like. And what we should know, if I can find these quotes, is that publisher Take-Two is gearing up. For a big year with numerous major releases in the tank for 2024 and beyond. But in the meantime, it plans the current fiscal year to have 16 total games released and a new IP from a premiere studio. So we got a game to look forward to. We got over a dozen take two games to look forward to. Uh, Continuing on, it says in the company's earnings press release today, Take-Two revealed its plans for three immersive core offerings between April of this year and March of 2024. Those games include NBA 2K24, WWE 2K24, but also include an eagerly anticipated new IP from one of our premier studios. Uh, IGN is speculating, saying that it's possible, this is something totally unknown and unannounced, but there are some already revealed possibilities as well. It's entirely possible, this is Kim Levine's new game, Judas, which looks like the Bioshock he always wanted to make. Uh, Though a table of releases later in the earnings call says this game is TVA, possibly ruling it out. A more likely option is the new multiplayer character action game in the works at 31st Union on the team led by Sledgehammer Games co-founder Michael Condry. The studio first spun up in 2019, so a release later this year wouldn't be totally unheard of for the Silicon Valley-based studio. AMC, I know we get down on some Take-Two games. I don't know how you felt I don't know how deep you get into the 2Ks and things like that. I'm pretty sure your brother Blair plays 2Ks. I know my buddy Jason plays those. Uh, There's murmurings that perhaps one of the big upcoming games could be Grand Theft Auto 6. AMC, with these upcoming Take-Two releases, both known and unknown, what are you most looking forward to, and how is this going to affect your years
1: to come? I mean, I wish one of them was Midnight Suns Part Two, but I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> there are there are I hope like- it
0: does. I hope they. I hope they don't let whatever setbacks they had with the release of the original prevent them from digging into that that franchise and that style of gameplay. Mm-hmm. Because for for everything people say online, for everything that people find any reason to avoid a game over. The people who did play it loved it. And, you know, I I really hope they take the positive feedback to heart and ignore the negative feedback. Because I think the positive feedback is is much more reflective of what they put out. So they should be of that. And I think Midnight Suns deserves a second chance to hit the market a little stronger.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, that would be my... Yeah, my hope. Um, hopefully these characters that they've re- they just released Storm, so hopefully these characters are selling well. Uh, if they decide to do a season two, maybe put out some more characters. Those continue to sell well. They get a little more m- momentum. Um, and as I said, maybe at some point after they see the sales plateauing or even declining, they take a bag from Microsoft, put it on Gameplas, Game Pass, game Game Pass, <laughs> Game Pass, and then get get some uh, momentum there. And then they see, hey, there's some subtraction. We're seeing engagement; people are buying the DLC. Um, this and this might afford us a reason to put out uh, a follow up uh, to Midnight Sun. So that would be my hope that they're eventually going to be working on something. But obviously, this would be way too soon. So I mean, yeah, if it was Grand Theft Auto Six, that'd be a huge shock. I mean, we had the leaks but I mean I'm not really sure how far along the game was with those leaks um and you know we're we're at this point now Ada we're getting Diablo we got we're getting Armored Core we're getting Starfield um, Baldur's
0: Escape 3
1: uh, as we'll discuss um we're Spider-Man's supposed to be coming at some point this year so
0: Yeah it should be shown yeah. in the PlayStation showcase coming up next week on the 24th
1: Yeah well yeah yeah now um, we'll discuss that and so yeah uh, it's pretty coming up, and so like it's just it seems like at this point we're starting to get the heavy hitters. So hopefully that means we'd be getting Grand Theft Auto Six sooner than later. Like you know, there's always a possibility they wait until you know towards the end of the console cycle to release it, and then it carries over into the next generation and they continue to update it from there. Um, but it would be awesome if they decided to do it sooner than later, um, just just to have you know a big GT that grand theft auto on this current hardware um at you know at the height of its power that would be absolutely Mm -hmm. awesome but uh yeah i mean i don't know i'm i'm excited but i'm i'm curious to see what that ends up being i mean if anything hopefully maybe it's a it'd be a surprise like rockstar game that we weren't expecting because i know people have been clamoring for another bully yeah Yeah, we get agent
0: (laughs) agent finally comes out on ps3
1: Yeah, Asian comes out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, another bully, one of those games, one of those spinoffs. That would be awesome. Uh, How about yourself? Is there anything that you would be looking forward to?
0: Uh, Personally, I think it might be time for GTA 6. Uh, Honestly, just in my uneducated, unexpert opinion, I would not be surprised if we either... At the very least, I think we'll get a formal announcement sometime this year with a 2024 release date. At the latest, I could see a seeing gameplay sometime next year, maybe with a late 2024, early 2025 release. But I I think it's about time. I think that's in the pipeline. I'm excited to see what this new IP is as well as what maybe a dozen or so additional games that they're going to be putting out. Like Take-Two, they put out good stuff. So I'm always going to be paying attention to what they offer. However, I think the big one might be in the pipeline, so we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, Ken Levine's new game, I'm interested in that. Not too much, but I do want to see a bit more about it and get a better idea of like what it offers and you know, is it really going to be kind of a spiritual successor to Bioshock or if it's going to differentiate itself in some way. So... Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I want to see this multiplayer character action game. That sounds interesting. I know people are very down about live service, especially these days. <laughs> so we'll see how that gets received. But I cling, I cling to the belief that it doesn't matter what a game has or how a game is designed. If a game is good, then it it'll survive. All the negativity, all the discourse uh, Let me if, pause if, if, it real
1: quick, hold on a second Sorry about that, we're back, my headphones Just started crapping of me <laughs> <laughs> you Yeah, saying? but
0: it, it, it doesn't, like, for as much As people talk shit online, like, we, we've Been saying it for years, it's the, What you hear online doesn't Always reflect reality, and In the gaming sphere, the Remarks online seldom reflect Reality, so A good game will endure. I'm not worried about, you know, all oh, microtransactions and everything, and they're going to do this and every game's going to be live service. It's like, hey, well, if that's where the money is and if they can put out compelling content and people gravitate toward that, then that's just the way that shit is. Like, you either grow and change with gaming or you draw your line and don't play anything beyond a certain point. And, you know, the train just keeps on chugging without you. However, I'm I'm looking forward to what these developers come up with because in the end, they're running businesses. They have to make money. And the only way for them to do that is by making games that people want to play. So if they can continue to do that, then I will continue to play games and enjoy myself. So, yeah, looking forward to whatever Take-Two has to offer. Looking forward to that new IP. Looking forward to GTA 6 and whatever else they might be cooking up. Let's get to the next topic of the week. Top topic topic of the
1: the week. week. Which you got AMC. We have April 2023, top 20 best selling games of the month in the US. This collected by Circana, the artist formerly known as MPD. MPD. (laughs) So let's go through the top 20 best selling games for the month of April 2023. The first game, no surprise here, it's a game that you played, A dub. This is oh, new one that being number one star, number one star wars jedi survivor
0: oh my god all of april though okay i was like how is tears of the kingdom <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: number two another new one a dub dead island two two two
0: a note about jedi survivor it yes. was the best-selling game in april in only two days
1: yeah, exactly. And <laughs> more, more on that. Uh, let's see: three MLB the show, twenty three, four Resident Evil four. Uh, that was last month's the number one game. Five Call of Duty Modern Warfare two, six Hogwarts Legacy seven, new game PJ Tour eight, another new new old game Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection. Uh-huh. People, people buying it.
0: People <laughs> were excited
1: about it. Yeah. Uh, nine. FIFA 23, 10, Mario Kart 8 because it is always selling. 11, damn, got another new game that being Minecraft Legends and we are run through these quicker. Let's see, Elden Ring, Minecraft 14, new game, that being the Final Fantasy 1 through 6 bundle, people buy it. Uh, the pixel remaster? The, the, yeah. What
0: are they called? The pixel remasters? Yeah, yeah, right?
1: the pixel remasters. Um, let's see, 15, another new game, new old game I should say. Advanced Wars one and two re reboot camp. <laughs> um 16. New Super Mario Brothers, Last of Us Part One, Pokemon Scarlet Violet, Madden NFL 23, and closing off the list at number 20, still selling Super Mario 3D World. I thought that game couldn't sell anymore. I thought it was off the markets. Whatever. Um, I, I <laughs> oh, actually, no, not Super Mario 3D World. I was thinking of the uh the, the mario 64 is, yeah exactly uh let's see um maybe maybe anniversary yeah maybe we're seeing mario on this list again because of the movie getting that that little bit of boost oh um, i never i never knew this existed oh yeah let me go get a switch real quick um, there's a video
0: game for this movie that's kind of <laughs> awesome that's nice to check it out well it's a wonderful world of mushroom kingdom
1: <laughs> exactly Uh, We have the top 20 best-selling games of 2023 so far. Um, Let's see, number one, Hogwarts Legacy still holding on. Two, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Three, Resident Evil 4. Now, this is why it was notable for... New game, Star Wars, Jedi Survivor. And as you said, the game was only on the market for two days. And it's already the fourth best-selling game of the year. <laughs> Jeez. Just from two days on the market. So that's going to boost up in, in, in the next month when we see it. Uh, five, it will be The Show 23. Six, new game, Dead Island 2. Seven, Dead Space 8. FIFA 23 9. Madden NFL 10. Elden Ring. And we'll just run down these last to the twenty. Uh, last one was part one, God of War Ragnarok, eight, Mario Kart 8, Minecraft, Pokemon Scarlet Violet, Fire Emblem Engaged, Forspoken at 17, Sonic Frontiers, Octopath Traveler 2, and then last game on this list, NBA 2K23. And for hardware sales, PlayStation 5 was the best-selling hardware platform in dollar sales for during April, while Switch led the market in units sold. So people buying Switches again. Uh, PlayStation 5 leads the 2023 hardware market year-to-date across both units and dollars sold. God um, damn. So yeah, um, I don't know. Speak on that uh, as far as, you know, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, only two days on the market, number one game, uh, number four for the year on and only two days on the market kind of funny because you know people they wanted to talk about like when, when people were talking glowingly about star wars general survivor like there's that pushback of like but the performance yeah. yada, yada, but clearly people buying it so i mean do you have anything to say here about the success of general survivor a game that you have played and beat and enjoyed it seemed
0: i mean it's well deserved it's not like it's just trying to Trying to make its butter off the license. It's a phenomenal game. And I've, I've said it a few times just in conversations with other people. But like if Star Wars never existed and this game just materialized out of thin air as a new IP, it would be heralded as one of the greatest games of all time because the amount of just love and attention to detail that they put into every aspect of the game, like everywhere you look, there is detail and not just. Like oh you know there's leaves on all sides of the trees it's like it's like Star Wars details like there's a droid over here this this guy's riding a highly mechanized buggy that's that's specialized for for diving and fishing this like you you're talking to the different kinds of characters and they just have it it's I haven't run into barely any situations where I've exhausted the dialogue from a given character. Uh, I'll leave the cantina that I've populated with all the characters that I found around around the galaxy. And I'll come back and just people have stories. They have, they have tips or rumors, and, or they just have like encouraging things to say. And it, you know, you can get to the end of a given dialogue tree. With somebody but then you leave and come back and they'll they'll have something else to say i mean i'm sure being at the end of the game and having talked to people so many times i'm probably going to find some stuff i'm probably going to start running out of that dialogue like i ran out of bounty hunters to hunt i ran out of competitors to play in the the little virtual chess mini game that they have which i enjoyed quite a bit that was a fun game and yeah star wars earned that like dude, just the lightsaber customization, the different stances, the, the ways in which you can upgrade your powers, the the spectacle of some of the boss battles and like the big set piece moments. There's like, There's a particular moment on one of the planets. It's a boss battle, but just the way that they did it, it was like they're handling Star Wars better than film studios have. And it's, it's kind of shocking to experience star wars in the way that respawn has been able to capture it with jedi survivor and it, it really it really shines and stands alone so i'm um, very pleased with jedi survivor's commercial performance <laughs> i i hope that its technical performance steps up to match the 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 content and the quality of the gameplay experience because uh, the whole time i'm playing i'm like damn if there were just fewer frame rate dips or if there was just less popping or like less like level of detail decreases every now and then when things get a little thick like the the true character of the game would shine through Uh, immensely respawn is getting increasingly closer to that and the game really deserves it so i recommend Everybody play it. AMC, i uh, hoping you get to it at some point. You play Fallen Order, right? Or you have it in your backlog? Nah, I, uh,
1: I have it there in my backlog, waiting to be played.
0: Yeah, I mean, Fallen Order, another shiny example. And even for the things that Fallen Order did that don't make it over to Jedi Survivor, the additional things that Survivor does, as well as how it refines the core gameplay mechanics from Fallen Order, it's... It, there's nothing like it so it's easily one of my favorite games i would say that it's a game of the year contender very easily uh it's i i don't know how it's going to stack up against zelda but i mean this is going to be a, a fraught year for awards because there are several heavy hitters coming out however we have two and they came out within about a couple weeks of each other so i think everybody wins in that situation
1: yeah only other thing i would add is um Good to see the sales of, you know, Dead Island 2. It debuted number two for the month and then mm-hmm. um, I think number six for the year. So I only pull up those notes real quick. The people uh, number, playing it are having it. Yeah, people are enjoying it. Yeah, number six for the year. And, you know, it's once again, it goes against like that idea, you know, when people are talking about like, oh, it's in development hell. I mean, Dead Island 2 was first announced what, in 2014. So oh, almost, Jesus, was yeah, it? Yeah, so almost <laughs> 10 years later, the game came out and people talk about, like, you know, when a development cycle goes that long, they're like, it's in development now, this game's dead on arrival and it comes out, people are enjoying it, so <laughs> it just shows that even if there, it does seem like there's an issue just because of how long it takes for a game to come out doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to impact the final product in a negative way. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, happy to see that that game came out, did well, people enjoyed it and so some lived up to expectations because people were excited, but I know that there was almost like a I guess a morbid curiosity as to like what how this game was gonna show up eventually. And they going to mess that, it up. Yeah, and the fact that it showed up well was uh I think, good on the developer to stick with it and get out a great product. Well, like, I can't, reality, I, I, so. can't
0: I, I can't, identify a point in history where there was this shift to Damn. where, like, people have always been playing games and looking for problems. I mean, one of my favorite quotes from somebody online was that I, I can find something wrong with any game like that's that's not good dude yeah that's not a good (laughs) (laughs) call that's that's not that's not the wolf you want to feed but but yeah so there are those people but now it's it that mindset seems to have permeated the gaming culture in general where now it's like there's a set of people that don't even give any credit or merit to the good things the games do because if if something's missing or if something isn't working right, then the whole thing is bad. It's just, it's so weird. It's so out of place. It helps nobody. And it just, it feeds the toxicity that the gaming community has become synonymous with. So that's something that we don't benefit from. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get a handle on that. Like, let's let's look to the merits. Uh, okay. I can't enjoy a game if it drops a frame. Then stop gaming. <laughs> there will always developers will always be pushing the envelope I mean, personally I feel like developers could kind of rein things in a little bit it's like yo just if I don't care if you have to sacrifice a mechanic or two if you can nail down that performance because if everything is smooth and pristine then I'm going to be able to enjoy what's there to the fullest extent however if you're just throwing shit in there and like ah it's good enough that's gonna make it tough to really have your back when it comes to these discussions about well, it doesn't have this and this doesn't work and this and that. And it's like, yep, you're absolutely right. Personally, I'm enjoying it. I can see your complaints, the developer needs to do better.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move into the next topic of the week.
0: Hot topic of the week. So kind of in that vein. <laughs> we get to one of the bigger stories from the past couple weeks. This is Overwatch 2 news. Uh, we got, a li- it's a little bit of bad news. Unfortunately, it seems like there are some aspects of the PVE hero mode that have been canceled internally by Blizzard. So just a little backstory uh, back when they were marketing Overwatch 2 and getting us ready. For that that day one release, they made a note that hey, we're also working on this single player aspect of Overwatch. It's gonna have these story missions, it's gonna have this hero mode where there's progression and the characters are gonna have skills that you that you gain and it's gonna change your experience, it's gonna be independent of the of the PvP mode. A lot of people are excited about that. Personally, I was too. I was looking forward to it. However, at the same time, I still enjoyed. The tried and true Overwatch experience. So I just took it as eventually I'll I'll get that bonus and I'll have just another way to play the game. However, in the meantime, I'm just going to get my 5v5 on, play with my boys, and have a good time. But uh, speaking from the words of Blizzard, they say development on the PVE experience is not really made the progress that we have hoped the team has created a bunch of amazing content so there's awesome missions that are really exciting There's brand new enemies that are super fun to fight and some truly great and ridiculous hero talents. But unfortunately, the effort required to pull all of that together into a Blizzard quality experience that we can ship to you is huge. And there really is no end in sight or defined kind of end date where we can put that out into the world. And so we are left with another difficult choice. Do we continue to pull all Pour all that effort into PvE, hoping we could land it at some point in the future, or do we stick with this set of values that we have aligned on and focus on the live game and focus on serving all of you? With everything we've learned about what it takes to operate this game at the level that you deserve, it's clear that we can't deliver on that original vision for PvE that was shown in 2019. What that means is that we won't be delivering that dedicated hero mode with talent trees, that long term talent power progression. Those things are just not in our plans anymore. And we know that this is going to be disappointing to many of you, which is why we wanted to bring it up before we talk about the roadmap. And to be perfectly honest, it's been really difficult for many of us and a lot of folks on the team that pour their heart and soul into that stuff. So there was also an interview that followed. The release of this news where the people in charge of overwatch 2 gave a little bit more explanation about exactly what it is that they cut and exactly what it is that we're going to be getting so basically what what was cut was the the progression aspect uh, the way that blizzard explained it was that they they extrapolated the amount of effort that it would take because they were trying to give us something like 35 to 40 talents per character You have about 20 or 30 characters. And so that's almost a thousand different talents that you have to design. And just for this one mode, that's going to take time and resources. And the way that they were developing it was pulling away from their ability to support the PvP game as it already was. And they just made the decision that, you know, we need to put these resources back into the PvP because that's where people are. That's what everybody's doing. Um, all the work that we did on the hero mode, like they're not going to have the progression with the talents. However, we're still going to be getting the story missions. We're also going to be getting hero mastery missions. And these are part of the roadmap that they've gone into detail about, which covers season five, six, and seven. So let me see if I can pull up that roadmap. So while we aren't getting the progression and those hero missions, What we are getting is in season five, we're getting something called the Quest Watch, which is a limited time event. There's also going to be something noted as Mischief and Magic. Uh, There's going to be a cinematic reveal of what might be a new character. And there's also going to be the summer games. There's going to be 5v5 mini comp season. Uh, On Fire returns, I don't know what On Fire is, so that'll be something we're checking out. And they're also going to be introducing the creator workshop mode, which we're going to get more information about at a later date. Then in season six, just a note here, we are currently approaching the end of season four. So season five is coming up pretty soon for season six. That's where we're going to get the first batch of story missions. We're going to get a new support hero. We're going to get Flashpoint. We're also going to get some hero mastery missions. In addition to all that, we're getting the firing range, and I'll need to dig up some info on what that's about. There's a player progression system, so that's interesting. I don't know what that is. Maybe that has something to do with the talents and everything that they scrapped for the the PvE mode. It might be something different, so that'll be worth looking into. Uh, Overwatch anniversary and more. And then things get even more interesting when we get to season seven and beyond. (laughs) So in season seven, we're going to be getting a new tank hero. So over the course of two seasons, we're getting two new heroes. That should be something that everybody's excited about. So new tank, uh, new collaboration event with a limited time mode. There's going to be a new control map, a new winter event. New Hero Mastery missions, in addition to the ones that they introduced in Season 6. Uh, Roadhog is getting reworked, so that's going to be interesting. Fan favorite modes return. They're going to have more cinematic debuts. There's going to be competitive mystery heroes that's coming back. There's going to be a lore codex. So if any of you were fans of, of Mass Effect or you know fans of reading up on the information present in Diablo, then this will be your Overwatch derivative of that and lastly there will be a somber which she needs because she's fucking annoying (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so for the sacrifice of the hero mode and the dozens of talents per character in that progression system we're getting all this stuff basically blizzard is They're not going to be building up all this content for a single release. Instead, they're going to be taking the work that they put into all this, taking the stuff that works and putting it out incrementally over the course of several seasons. So instead of us having to wait for that one big content drop, we're going to get it over time gradually, which I think is a win for us. So we get to see all this new stuff. We still get to see. Uh, I, I hesitate to say most of their vision, but at the same time, we're going to get most of the vision they had for the PvE and the single player content. We're getting heroes. Um, I, I love playing me some tank, so I'm unique. I'm keenly interested in the new tank hero. I'm very interested in the new support hero because I know you and E-Single will be all over that. And yeah, man, it's for what they took away, I think what we're getting and what they have planned more than outweighs What they had, what we sacrificed, I think we're getting more in return. So personally, I'm not upset about this. You know, I I chalk it up to just development in the creative process. Sometimes things that you want to create aren't entirely realistic. And you don't realize that until you put in the time and effort to try to put it together. Granted, this panned out as what, four years Of them working on this stuff but like i've seen around the internet how it looks like people are just reading the headline and running with it thinking that blizzard just isn't going to give us anything that they were making over the past four years that is incorrect we're getting story missions hero mastery missions all kinds of different events all kinds of reworks and we get to enjoy having Blizzard focus their full talent and resources on Overwatch 2 and just this continued production of content rather than having some large portion of them focused on something that we wouldn't get for a very long time. Uh, AMC, with all this news on the table, with this roadmap plotted out and us firmly moving along that route, how do you feel about it?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, so for me personally, I, I'd one completely forgotten about all the other stuff <laughs> as far as the PVE stuff that we had coming. I know they had announced it, but it was, it was literally like the least thing I, I was anticipating about overwatch. Like I was just anticipating, I was really looking forward to, you know, the return of the PVP mode, because that's what I'd spent all my time with, with overwatch one. Uh, I enjoyed like every now and then when they'd put out the story stuff and we'd have the story missions to play through. Um, but, you know, that was more or less, like, more world building as far as, like, Overwatch went, and so I enjoyed it from that aspect, but, you know, I, I only ever really played it because you would get the benefit of um, more loot boxes um, mm-hmm. if you played a lot of that story content, and so I'd always, you know, play it for that reason alone that, that, that Junkenstein, yeah Junkenstein, like repeat it and they were always like fun like Junkenstein was what like a tower defense basically mm-hmm. um and that was it was a good time but I spent more time playing those just because of the rewards from it as opposed to you know actually enjoying it more than the uh the first experience so it was it, it was what it was um and so yeah when they announced that you know they were gonna have this old PVE thing I was like oh okay cool but you know not the thing that I'm most excited about when it comes to this game so i had completely forgotten about it until they announced that they weren't doing it anymore what ended up being kind of funny is that the reaction then after was like well this is all this is all i was looking like when that's all i cared about (laughs) i feel like uh i'm there there are millions of other shows so i'm not going to just speak on all the shows but the shows i've listened to They have not mentioned Overwatch since it launched. I think we're, like, one of the few shows that actually gives the updates. Like, every time a new character comes out, when there's a rework, we'll discuss that. One of the Uh, only
0: shows that actually plays the game regularly. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, And so, yeah, it was kind of funny, like, when this news came out, there was all, all of a sudden, like, this, like i'm a huge overwatch fan and you know i'm I'm super disappointed about this and it's like really because you've never talked about the game but that's (laughs) um it's funny too because i was i almost feel like if they had announced that they were going to stop supporting overwatch those same people would have been like yeah you know i didn't really hear about anybody playing this game so it kind of makes sense (laughs) all of a sudden though they're the biggest fans when they are when they're going to lose like some bit of content um so yeah and then you know I think we've all learned or at least we should have learned a huge lesson with like Redfall, um with a lot of other games where it comes like back to like if you don't think that it's right don't put it out or hold off on it like cancel it or delay it and um in this way it seems like how they're gonna do it is they're gonna rather than doing this whole huge project which would have been like a big undertaking um they decided to release it in this way and i think it makes more sense because if they know that if the battle passes are doing well, they see that the player count is still high for Overwatch PvP, they might not want to dilute that audience to then, you know, especially when it comes to, once again, another lesson from Overwatch and, you know, from CD Projekt Red with Cyberpunk, uh, you don't want to put out something that's, you know, lackluster and take a hit towards the branding. And so as of right now, you know, Overwatch is doing, doing well um with its audience. Everybody else outside of it, I'm not really sure. I mean, apparently people don't were, really care. <laughs> yeah, people are talking about how they enjoy Overwatch, so I guess they're enjoying the current product. And so, you know, maybe releasing a half-assed, like, PvE version of the game might then bring in a ton of bad news, which then reflects negatively on the PvP aspect of the game, and people start kind of, like, you know, they don't want to mention Overwatch because they don't want to deal with, like, hearing about the headache of the PvE aspect of the game. And so, um with that, like, one... No harm, no foul. People have not paid for it. They haven't. It wasn't like they all got like pre-orders and then couldn't refund people pre-orders on like this PVE mode. Um, they, yeah, they're, they they lost no money in the long run for this from a consumer perspective. So you're kind of just upset because you don't have something to play. But really, there's so much going on. And as I was discussing with you in a pre-show, it's like let's not pretend like people are acting like well, Blizzard like this was the only thing Blizzard was working on. And it's like no, no, no we have a huge game coming out in 2 weeks a, a mm-hmm. monstrous game coming out in 2 weeks a um, monstrous game that they've
0: <laughs> been that they've been play testing steadily <laughs> making constant tweaks improvements changes all in preparation for the day one launch that people are so certain is going to be just terrible it's <laughs> yeah. like they're doing everything in their power for it to not be terrible
1: <laughs> yeah and so like I and mean, they have
0: a new ip in the
1: works yeah. So like yeah, oh yeah, exactly. And so um I don't know, this this kind of this idea that like, well, if this doesn't come out, then what does Blizzard have to offer? And it's like, they have a ton to offer. Um, there's there's something staring at us right in the face right now. Um, that that is huge. And so yeah, that's it's not a big deal. It's something that was coming down the line. we know that we're still gonna get content. They have a ton of new content. What I loved is I mean, if you focused on it, people would just focus on what they lost, but then nobody focused on what they gained because nobody even when I listen to people discuss it, nobody went through what you just went through with the roadmap of everything that's come to the PvP PvP version of the game. All they focus on was what they were losing, which is the PVE aspect uh, in this huge, full fledged form. Which, somewhat of a lie, because we're still getting something. Um, yeah. So, and, and, <laughs> in
0: in addition to that, a point that nobody has made, and I'm quite surprised with how you know financially savvy the gaming community is, is that. When they were making all that PvE stuff and saving it up for a single release, they were going to charge us for that. And now, instead, we're not getting it as a big release. We're getting it over time, but we're getting it in the seasons, in the existing game, that is free to play. So you're still getting stuff that they worked on in these past four years, and you're not going to have to pay for it. That's Mm -hmm. a win.
1: Yeah, and... going like going based on their explanation of it it might not have been something that would have been awesome because you know they're they have their 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 quality that like, they have to put their silver proof on it. they felt like yeah. it wasn't going to be there they actually saved you money on a product that might not have been awesome and so mm-hmm. if anything they did the right they made the right choice and so it is kind of you know it's i was gonna say upsetting but whatever um but it is a little upsetting that people have decided to just focus on this one thing without like looking at the big picture and seeing like oh no we're still getting a ton it's just we're not getting this one thing um so yeah they they focus on the negative headline um rather than focusing on the positive aspect of it and so it is what it is but yeah i'm as we said we discuss overwatch every week when we're playing other games, we're still playing Overwatch and like in the background. Um, it's my social game right now that I hop on and play with you and e single. It's a blast when we get on have have that that good old time every every night. So nights.
0: good, man! If, if we could get like Grimes up
1: there, I know.
0: <laughs> and if he's good, Oh, yeah.
1: it's so, like yeah, it no, yeah. Sorry, I, can say. Uh,
0: I was well. I was about to. Yeah, okay. Sweet. I was about to switch gears Because <laughs> you know we've been talking However other people Talking and sharing their opinions About how they feel about this news This development And we like to call them Troll of the week. Chool Chool of week. week. Chool Chool of the week. 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 Yes, we got troll of the week. They're coming sideways in Blizzard as if they haven't been for the past few years. It's, oh man. So many things I want to say, but I'll get to it at <laughs> this troll of the week. Uh first troll says, dang, what a disaster this whole thing was.
1: <laughs> this whole thing
0: and this whole thing ah, so so they did this so they could charge for characters now well good thing I jumped off <laughs> they don't charge for characters you can unlock them in pretty short order if you just play the game uh, what a disaster this whole thing was like the whole thing disaster they were trying to make something They realize that they bit off a bit more than they could chew, and they're going to give us the parts that are good that work. We're not going to have to pay for it. That that's a beautiful disaster, in my opinion. Uh, Next troll says, "LOL." Just like with Halo, you can't take these guys at their word at all anymore. At least this game was free, I guess. (laughs) Uh, Not every day a troll sees the silver lining. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I will say uh, this is kind of funny because that is like somewhat true. It's like. The EU or whatever, everybody who's held off on this acquisition, saved Microsoft a little bit as far as like more negative headlines because yeah. you know if they had acquired Activision and then they announced that this PVE was getting canceled people oh, would like, uh, Phil
0: Spencer uh, how,
1: did, how did how did Phil Spencer ruin this also <laughs> yeah, uh, well, um,
0: there, there's a troll who talks about it oh bit.
1: okay okay I jumped again my bad right. <laughs> next troll
0: says so that makes overwatch 2 literally entirely 100 percent pointless again
1: <laughs> pointless again. <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like when? When was it pointless the first time? When you thought you were getting PVE stuff that you were looking forward to? Because then it wouldn't have been pointless, now would it? But you know, people keep reiterating the idea that Overwatch Two was pointless because it it overwrote the original game. It it took away "quote unquote" six v six, which I think is the best change that they could have possibly made. We were, we're getting better more competitive matches individual skill levels shine a whole lot more and it's it's just a lot easier for it's a lot easier and a lot more fluid for a particular match to have like that give and take that back and forth people adjusting changing like yeah man it it's 6v6 it was just too many damn bullets. It was too many damn shields. Too many it's, damn
1: tanks. <laughs>
0: yeah. Like if, if anybody got the momentum, they pretty much had it. Whereas with 5v5, that can still happen, but you gotta you gotta earn it. Like your gameplay just has to be tight. Your tactics have to be tight. Your team has to be tight. I feel like this is so far the best iteration of Overwatch, especially with the new characters. I mean, Life Weaver alone is just presents so many options with what you can do like that that flower pad that lifts alone the things that it applies to in the ways that you can use it completely change the kind of strategies and the things that a team is able to do like you can completely just neutralize an ultimate by taking it off the field you can move a turret put it on higher ground you can save your homies you can help your homies get to higher ground like what the good life weavers are starting to emerge and they are making their presence felt because I've had my life saved several times. <laughs> and all that does is keep me on the battlefield longer, allow me to get more eliminations and continue to be an asset to my team. So Overwatch 2 has brought a lot of positives with it. It's not pointless. Get over yourself. Next troll says, canceled. It's like Microsoft already owns
1: them. <laughs> <laughs> there you
0: <we> go. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I, I imagine because, what, Microsoft canceled Scalebound, and that's about it. Like, what else has Microsoft canceled in order for them to earn that kind of remark? Like, yeah. Scalebound got canceled.
1: I think they're just saying just it, it being a disaster. <laughs> yeah. So just any any negative headline is like, oh, is like Microsoft. Uh, no, I feel like yeah. you did it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: the next troll says lazy, coward. I'll still play it because it's free, though. Another one of these fiscally savvy gamers that just hates, hates things, still plays them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hate it. I'll see you online in about 10 yeah. minutes. <laughs> Next troll says, what a failure of a sequel. Failure. The, the sequel that has over 130,000 online players in, in a given hour. Has over 700,000 active players in the past 30 days, 22 million hours of Twitch stream watching, and 100,000 peak viewers. I mean, the only low stat there is the peak viewers, and that's just in the past month. But by and large, people are playing Overwatch, having a good time. We get on, we always get games, but, you know, there are trolls who feel Otherwise, where you go? Uh, feel bad for the five people still playing
1: this trash. E <laughs> <So what? MC. laughs> single, <laughs> <laughs> Ghost Rat, <laughs> yeah.
0: somebody else that we don't know, and what? We're just playing against ourselves. <laughs> like yeah. we we get games very fast there we always play against new people and the game tells you when you played with people that you already played before because you can't endorse somebody twice and they'll you know i'll see people that i played with before but all the time always have at least one person to endorse so there's definitely more than five people it's definitely not trash get over so next troll says overwatch 2 is such a joke just let it die (sighs) yeah The the game that's thriving and living, just let it die. Mm-hmm. Next show says, "Hell no!" Wait a minute. Next show says, "Blizzard <laughs> is a trash company, perfect for Microsoft to acquire." <sighs> this was literally the only interesting thing about Overwatch Two for me. <laughs> Literally. Literally. Next (laughs) Charles says, so this definitely solidifies this as the worst sequel of all time, right? Basically a scheme to make a predatory shop, burn every ounce of goodwill the series has. Hope they get sued to oblivion. What are you going to sue them for? What's that lawsuit? This free game. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah the goodwill <laughs> is it being a free game <laughs>
0: <laughs> this free game i've been playing for hundreds of hours waiting for this additional content that had not been made yet had no release date had no price nobody paid for it nobody pre-ordered it where's the damages home boy you're gonna get laughed out of court into oblivion <laughs> next says man i really love overwatch but it's a shadow of its former self just a disappointment after a disappointment now yeah. Shadow of its former self. You mean the game, the version of the game that has the most characters, the most modes, the most content, the most skins, the most icons, <laughs> the most, the most <laughs> Shadow of its former self. Fuck out of here. Next troll says Blizzard fans are masochists. They help Bobby buy his yacht, and in return, he bends them over. It's yeah. bizarre. Always somebody. Why are people so on this whole. Bending over <laughs> You're getting bent over It's Like, hey, Bobby gave me a game that I've been playing for six years. <laughs> Bobby gave me a game that has some of the best long-term support of any game out there. High quality, excellent experience. Bobby can take it if he wants it. <laughs> but yeah, these trolls, I don't know, man. It's, it falls back into how I believe People just read the headline and didn't read the substance of the article. They didn't read the roadmap. They didn't see that the thing that got canceled wasn't the entire thing, just the aspect of it that Blizzard felt was too much of a task to put the time and resources into to make so they made a judgment call for the good of the game as it is they're going to be giving us the stuff that works and the stuff that's good over time they are not going to be charging us money for it that is a win we're getting new heroes new modes new content personally on behalf of control issues I don't see any issue here AMC how do you feel
1: yeah, no, same. Uh, no issues here. I think it's funny, as you said, it's this idea that, you know, if, like, if you support something like, oh, you're just a sheep, you're part of the problem. <laughs> it's like, we're, we're here because we like video games, but if we talk positive about them, we're part of the problem. Yeah, <laughs> It's like, okay, so I guess we're not supposed to, we have to be critical of everything in order to be real. It's like not overly I, critical. Yeah. It's like you got to like point out all your homies' flaws in order to prove that you're really their friend. Yeah. <laughs> Putting a little weight there, buddy.
0: You, you have <laughs> to never acknowledge anything they do good. Like, oh, you lost some weight. You're still fat, though.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, it, 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 what it really sounds like, it sounds like a terrible like parent. <laughs> it's like, I, yeah. Like a parent that never, like, they, They're happy that that you're their kid, but they'll never tell them that they love them. Yeah, (laughs) I wanted to to go to his head.
0: (laughs) Hey, plus you couldn't do better. Yeah, (laughs) this picture's not going on the fridge. It's terrible.
1: And it's like I gotta I gotta give him shit so that that A never becomes an F. (laughs) So it's (laughs) like so the A is never good enough because I don't want them to ever get an F.
0: Like, these are the kind of people like, going back to the bad parenting thing. Like, these are the kind of people, if they were parents, it's like their kids are just waiting for them to die so they can get the house.
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, oh,
0: I just got to put up with this shit
1: for a little yeah. longer. <laughs> maybe again, I'm putting you in a home. <laughs> That's thing
0: maybe if I hug them tight enough, he'll go unconscious.
1: <laughs> uh, Write me in the will, yeah. Uh, All right, next topic. um, As you lead uh, topic of the week, as Uh, you uh, mentioned earlier. um, All right, well, we got an announcement from on a PlayStation blog post. Aw, this one being that we have a showcase coming, incoming, Mm -hmm. and incoming soon. So Sony has announced that an hour long PlayStation showcase will take place next week on May twenty fourth. Let's see, it will be airing at 1 p.m. Pacific time, 9 p.m. British time. The show will run a bit over an hour, focusing on PS5 and PSVR 2 games. In development, I thought they don't support it. In development. They don't support their peripherals. Send it (laughs) out to die.
0: PSVR (laughs) 2 failed miserably. (laughs) Outperforming PS1. I mean, PSVR 1, but nobody wants to talk about that
1: yeah in development from top studios from around the world expect a glimpse at several new creations from playstation studios as well as spellbinding games from our third-party partners and indie creators so not not a ton of information there they did say new creations so some new shit we also going to see some updates on some old shit PSVR, mm-hmm. ps5 ps5 and psvr2 um so yeah what what, what are you expecting? What are you hoping for? Just This is not a lot of information, but we, we have our ideas of what's going to be happening. So what do you think, Aiden?
0: Well, primarily, above all, I want to see Spider-Man 2 in action. And beyond that, I really hope that this silence and absence of the game means that they're doing something radically different with it, or at least doing something that, you know, really separates it from the 2018 game as well as miles morales we know that both of them are going to be in there we've seen things like the what is it the infinity war spider-man suit with the with the extra arms so there's going to be that stuff and yeah i'm just looking forward to seeing the gameplay hopefully they really do something different like just take a risk make it so comic book make it so like open world but dope that it just knocks people on their asses uh beyond that you know they're focusing on ps5 games psvr2 games hopefully we see some some real uh, not so much genre defining but i guess peripheral defining content for the psvr2 uh you know we've had some we've had some good efforts like the, the gran turismo 7 psvr2 support as loud as you know, some of the finest VR gaming that you can possibly do. So I'm really looking forward to seeing if they have anything that can meet that same standard or exceed it. Insofar as games, you know, I really hope that we could see uh, The Last of Us Factions 2 at long last. I know that Naughty Dog put out a teaser image where they show like a a derelict cruise ship that was docked in an overgrown part of whatever location that it's going to be taking place in. They've been working on it for an extremely long time. And I think that would be, that would be the thing that's most ready and most able to not only, you know, wow people, get people excited, have something to look forward to because people love the factions from the original The Last of Us and Naughty Dog. Seeing that success and seeing that that community love, they decided to make it something more than just an additional mode for The Last of Us Part Two. So yeah, looking forward to seeing that, how robust and blown out it is. I would love to see a new IP. Don't care who's making it. Don't care what it is. I just want to see something new, something first party that'll, you know, get us excited again. And lastly, I want to see the reappearance of Little Devil Inside, because that was an indie game I was looking forward to. Somebody online was keeping me abreast of what was happening with the development of that game. Ever since it was, you know, successfully funded on Kickstarter, I believe it was a Kickstarter game. And then Sony got involved and now it's being marketed as an exclusive and it looked like it was coming together. They had an overworld map. They had like the character traveling on a train. You know, they had the combat. Everything was coming together. So I'm hoping that that can reappear and we can possibly get a date for it. Anything else would just be icing and a bonus. So that's me, AMC. What are you looking forward to? What are you expecting?
1: Um, pretty much in line with what you're saying with expectations as far as Spider-Man Two. We know that game's coming this year, so we're waiting for that info blowout. This would be the place. Um, and then yeah, Factions. It's, you know, we've discussed about all of this. Um, and this initiative with Sony and their live service games. It seems like Factions would be the first to kind of kick that off, and so Factions showing up in a strong way might at least you know deal with some of those concern trolls who are like oh i don't know about these live service games yeah. the faction comes out and yeah that's it. the
0: big thing is changing this whole live service narrative i think last of us factions 2 could be the game that starts to get people to turn around
1: exactly so if that shows up strong i think that could maybe shut some of those people up and also it's just good to see what's going on there um because you know once that's done, we know that they'll have their next single-player offering from Naughty Dog. So it'll be cool to just see what they've been working on with that before they move on. Um, as far as what I'm hoping for, there there have been rumors swirling around you know, Sony possibly signing some type of exclusivity deals with Konami. Um, oh. And so we know uh, the, one of the rumors was Metal Gear. Um, I think it's Metal Gear 3, so I'm not sure. That's I actually skipped over that one, so that might be same. It might be seeing what they do with that might be a reason to get back in there but the big one for me is if there were some type of plans for castlevania just because i I just played symphony of the night an old ass game which was absolutely awesome and i believe that that was like kind of the last good castlevania game i'm not sure what it came out after that um and so yeah it'd be great to see in this current generation um what they could do with castlevania um i'm not sure who konami would have the work would have working on it but yeah hopefully to see, I, sony would
0: with shoulder development and they just need to license the ip i think yeah. that would be the ideal situation there
1: yeah give it to blue point let them out oh um, yeah and so um yeah hopefully yeah that would be cool if we've got something new at castlevania i mean i've been Castlevania night was absolutely awesome. Maybe I'll go back play Rondo of Blood to get this itch scratched. But you know that Netflix show Castlevania was so great. Um, and yeah, I feel like we're doing so, uh, some new IP as opposed to going back and playing old IP to scratch that Castlevania itch. And so, if we got some type of announcement for that, that would be great. Um, but yeah, that's well, that's you
0: nice. you raised a good point actually. That and you know, no pun intended, but Blue Point. I think everyone forgot about them and the fact that they're developing like their first debut game rather than a remake or a remaster so we might even see that debut yeah that would be awesome or reveal what I should say in that debut.
1: But, and know. then we don't know what uh who uh Super massive did they make returnal or who made Returnal?
0: Uh, housemark
1: House Mark, so yeah, it'd be kind of cool to get an update with them too, even to see what they're working on. Um, yeah,
0: they churn them out pretty fast.
1: Yeah, so um, yeah, there's there's definitely some options. They have a ton of studios, um, and so yeah, it'd be great to just kind of see what they've been working on, and especially like, I mean, it, I guess we'll it'll be a little bit, but you know, God of War is out, so we also got to hear what Sony Santa Monica is up to, but it might be a little bit early in the yeah, it's way up, early up for now. That. Um, yes, yeah, I think we just got like a new game plus like a month or two ago for Ragnarok. So uh we'll see. We got
0: a Twitter post about Sony Bend and they're working on a new game that's inspired by Siphon Filter, apparently. Yes. Oh, that'd be awesome. So hopefully that pans out. I would love it if it's just a siphon filter reboot. Just give me that good shit. Well we'll see. Uh I would I would love to be Gabe Logan one more time. Yeah. Um and
1: so yeah, it's uh there's There's a lot to look forward to, mainly the big one, obviously, from our expectations is that uh, Spider-Man shows up in a big way because I, you know, we both skipped over Miles. And so I think um, I'm I'm not going to speak for you, but I know for me, I want to see what they're doing to take it to the next level, because Spider-Man 1 was absolutely awesome. And, you know, Miles was good um, from, by all accounts, from the people who played it, they enjoyed it. um, single loves it. Yeah, but um, yeah, like it's almost it's weird to say because I mean it would do well regardless, but it's almost it's not enough to like just give us like furthering of the story. Like I want to see what they've done, especially now that it's on a new entirely new console. They had some, they had the benefit of you know doing the I guess remaster for the uh, original Spider Man, Um, and so they had the benefit of working on the PS Five with that. With that old software, and so now they could take it to the next level. So uh, yeah, I'm very curious, as you were saying, to see how they can you know evolve that game to make it you know continue to be interesting without it just you know being another Spider-Man game.
0: Because so, like they um, have they have the combat in the gameplay down, so yeah. they have the core of what the Spider-Man experience is. I think they nailed it better than anyone who's tackled a Spider-Man product in the past. So they have a lot of room to witcher 3 that shit and just put a lot of time and resources into the side content to make all those events and those pastimes more engaging for players and just really bring the city itself to life
1: yeah yeah that was it. right when you said that that was i feel like that would have been the big thing is how can they how can they make the city even more because like you know like when you're playing the game uh you know this it's, it's kind of like you're you're going around, but you're not really immersed within the city, like say a GTA. And so mm-hmm. if they could figure out a way to, you know, take that to the next level, that would be absolutely awesome. Um, but yeah, that's all I got for this one. Do you have anything else? Should we move on to quick hits? I think it's quick hits time. Quick hits what you got. I guess, I guess. Uh,
0: an interesting one. I mean, as we get closer to the release of Diablo 4, we're starting to get a little more pertinent info about what it's going to be offering to players. And we got some news about the accessibility features that it will be including, which Diablo 4 will have over 50. So uh, some of the ones that are highlighted in this article, courtesy of IGN, Adam Bankhurst, uh, they have dexterity assistance and... This one, the first feature discussed was button remapping and Blizzard confirmed all inputs, keyboard, mouse, and controller can be changed to whatever best suits them. Furthermore, players can swap their left and right analog sticks on controllers so they can control their most vital button and analog stick inputs with a one hand. Another feature is tied to skills in the action wheel, and it will allow you to choose if you want to change a button hold into a toggle. Uh, They also have text assistance. Uh, On the tech side of things, a big focus is placed on subtitles and making Diablo 4 story easy to digest for all. Subtitles are enabled by default. The players can alter the font, color, the scaling, and even the text background opacity to suit their needs. Uh, For those... For those who love playing as a team, they'll be happy to know that speech-to-text software is implemented in Diablo 4 that will transcribe what you say via your device's microphone into chat. Uh, Blizzard notes that this will be especially helpful for taking down massive world bosses as they are meant to be taken on with your friends. Uh, game, my The game also has vision assistance. Uh, vision assistance was discussed and font and cursor resizing was the first feature highlighted. There'll be three options for text, small, medium, and large. Blizzard has ensured they will look just as good no matter which size you choose. Audio cues will help players locate items as it will play a sound when a cursor pops over one or as they get near one. Uh, Considering Diablo 4 is all about loot, Blizzard has enabled a feature that will let you choose to only have those cues play for items of a certain level of rarity or higher. This is something that I might turn on just so that I can have an additional audio cue when a legendary comes out. <laughs> <laughs> it just build that up a little bit more, like ah ah. <laughs> but Diablo's yeah, killing it. So, yeah, those are just some of the features that are coming to increase the amount of accessibility the players have at their disposal. You know, obviously some of us here at control issues probably won't be doing any of this. I may fuck around with that, <laughs> with that audio cue. For the different rarities just to see what that cue is and if it adds any kind of drama or effect to the whole scene, because, you know, while accessibility features are important for helping people who may have disabilities or, you know, just can't game as well as they used to, to, you know, have an easier time with their games, the accessibility features if they're robust enough and nuanced enough, can also be used to kind of spice up your own game if you wanna play. So you don't have to look at accessibility features as something that's only for people who need them. There might be something in there that might make your experience a little more enjoyable or a little more tailored to what it is you want from the game. So AMC, do you see yourself making use of any kind of accessibility features, even to just spice up the experience or is this something that you're never gonna touch?
1: Uh no, not really. I mean I always love the sound of it's just that that hell that heavy titty sound when a legendary falls in Diablo three. So maybe Oh when
0: it hit I love seeing the item when it pops out of the ground and like, is this it? And it just <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. It's the best.
1: Yeah, so um yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see. If they do something like that, then I won't need it. But maybe, yeah, maybe if A-Dub, A-Dub tries it out and he's like, agency, you see, you got to add that that, that <laughs> sound on the drop. It, it takes it to another level. So, yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe I would take advantage of it then. But as of right now, no, I don't. I, I plan on just pretty much playing this game pretty standard. And then maybe I'll, like, down the line, maybe take off the numbers or something like that. Who knows? But as of right now, um, I... I'm just going to be out here just enjoying the game for what it is. And then I'll Frankenstein it later.
0: For as many people who have had their hands on this game, played all the betas, done all their stuff, digging into the the skill trees and their Excel spreadsheets, I still don't think the majority of players understand how much larger and more improved this game is going to be over Diablo 3. I've been watching... Diablo videos for the past few days you know people going into builds all the all the different changes that they've made to the in-game systems and I'm just like I'm doing the math in my head like oh so there's like 120 dungeons it's nightmare dungeons and then the dungeons have aspects in them so you could just you like it's oh my god it's like you're playing the game you're trying to get your legendaries but just this whole aspect Portion or layer of the game it's like oh I don't even have to focus on the loot itself in the early game because I can just focus on doing the dungeons go get these aspects which allow me to equip them as like legendary passives, legendary affixes or I can use them to transform a rare item into a legendary item with an ability that I'm attached to and just having that list having the gear stuff having your your skill trees having your passives having the paragon board having the permanent upgrades that you obtain by exploring the world and activating certain shrines and totems and things of that nature like there's it there even appears to be a level of detail where if you get items in certain regions they'll look like there from that region so if you get a chest armor in like a desert area it'll be like mostly cloth and things like that whereas if you go to the druid area or like a mountain region it'll be like metal or wood and then there's even some speculation that perhaps if you get the same item in two different locations it'll have different looks this hasn't been proven yet but that's something to look out for like there's just just in the way of character customization, transmogrification, it's it's blowing the doors all the way off of Diablo 3, just on paper. So I can't imagine once I get this in, in my hands and I'm playing it the way that I'll be playing it, that it's, it's going to be so much more. So I'm excited about this, looking forward to getting that early access next week. Well, not next week, but after that weekend, hopefully I have that Monday off so I can take another. Day
1: off. <laughs>
0: no, I can get up bit of this. Oh AHC, you got any quick hits?
1: Um Nah, nah. I think we, we hit everything. Um, let's see where we're at. We are at the we're almost at the two hour mark. So yeah, um nothing nothing really notable here. I was gonna I was gonna bring up the Mortal Kombat trailer, but it was we'll hear more it's, about the game. Mortal it's Force.
0: a cinematic trailer, really yeah, showing yeah, unless that was like Unless some of that was in engine,
1: yeah,
0: then that could be indicative of what the final product might be. But at the same token, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, overall, it looks pretty dope. I like that they're rebooting it and that they're starting over. It'll be very interesting to see how this game. It'll be interesting to see what they change, how they refine the experience, and where the franchise can go from this new starting point.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah, it was kind of cool to see the the reboot, and so they can do some new things with the characters. But yeah, uh, I want to see more of the game and Tekken's. You know, Tekken's kind of got the headlines right now because mm-hmm. they're back in a big way. Uh, any other quick hits before we get out of here?
0: Uh, I'm fresh out, my good man.
1: All right, sir. Well, this is Control Issues I can We are Control Issues.